Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. You're about to hear a rebroadcast of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. This show was originally recorded on January 19th, 2017. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. My treasured food buddies are here, senior contributors Chris Prosperi and Alex Province. Hey, everybody. Hey there. Robin Doyen Aiken is a contributor on the show. Hey, Rob. And also senior producer and someone we adore. That's (laughs) just the way it is. All right. We are celebrating the potato on the show with great recipes, including... Barbara Kafka's Incredible Melting Potatoes. Those of you who visit the site all the time, you know about these. You know how they disappear on your platter. These are not just for the holiday, especially now that we're doing all kinds of potatoes. We have the book Smashed, Mashed, Boiled, and Baked, and Fried too. Here's the point. The potato is good for you, and we're going to make you very happy. Even chocolate sweet potato pound cake, mm-hmm. Hasselback potatoes, that's the sliced mm-hmm. ones with stuff in between. They're incredible. But here's what I think we should do. First, we're going to think about potatoes somehow involved in your Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to have a whole round robin thing here. Uh, but what comes up first? The Super Bowl quiz uh, for you. This is based. Alex is scared. <laughs> Look, you based... didn't say there was going to be a quiz. Is it hot in here? <laughs> no. And we want you to play along as you listen. This is based on information that we gleaned from the pages of Food Network magazine. And I thought, you know, we could do this as a quiz. And so that's exactly what we're going to do before we get to our recipes for potatoes and lots of other things. Alex, I'm starting with you. What is the most popular drink at Super Bowl parties? A, beer, B, soda, C, something else entirely. What's your guess, Alex Robbins? Yeah. You are right. Okay, everybody agrees. Oh, to, to Budweiser. Yeah. It is <laughs> beer. <laughs> You're even going to get that. Uh, so it is beer at yeah. 57%, followed Agreed. by sure. soda yep. yeah. at around 19, 20%. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. For people who have wings at the Super Bowl party. I do. Yeah, do, everyone. <laughs> all right. Do they have them mostly hot, mild, medium, or hotter than hot? Chris, you get lead answer, but anybody yeah. can weigh in. I'm going with hot. Okay, hot and medium. I was going to say mild if you're feeding yeah. a crowd because okay. you don't know. Yep. So here it is. Medium is the winner. Wow. Ding, ding. Most wings <laughs> at Super Bowl <laughs> are medium. <laughs> and that's 37%. But I have to say for you mild people, that's 31%. So it's close on the heels of the other <laughs> wow, one. I lost it. Hotter I than hot. hot. Well, hot is 29%. Yeah, so it's pretty it's divided. Close, but I love it. Hotter than hot is only 3%. Now, there are stores out in the world that specialize in hotter than hot sauces. (laughs) Yes. The whole store is devoted to it. There's one in Greenport that Mm -hmm. is just astonishing. People come in and they say, give me the one that would blow someone's head off because I want to try it. It's only 3% of the people. Yeah. And yet they they make money on those stores. 
What if you had the wings at your Super Bowl party? What would you dip them in? What do most people do? This is our Super Bowl quiz. This yeah. is you, Robin, right? Classic. Blue cheese. Robin. <laughs> yeah, blue cheese. Okay. You better listen. Okay. Ranch dressing, they don't dip at all, or blue cheese dressing. What are you going to pick, Robin? Well, I would say blue cheese, but... It's probably ranch, but, yeah, but I like blue cheese. Mm-hmm. Yep. Blue cheese, Chris? Blue cheese. That's my okay. final answer. You win. That's right. <laughs> 30%. But ranch is right behind them. So now, let's say you've got a dip at Super Bowl party. Pretty much everybody does. What is more popular for dipping into stuff? The potato that we're celebrating on the show today or the tortilla chip? So uh, Alex, potato, back to Because then you're going to do like potato chips. Could be. The odds are more in favor of potatoes. They come in more. But I always mm. think of the Super Bowl as a time for lots of guacamole. Mm. So that makes me lean toward Ooh, tortilla wait. chips. But Doritos are tortilla chips. Yeah, Doritos they? sponsor them. I'm going with mm. tortilla Dur- chips. I, I changed my answer. <laughs> tortilla. Tortilla. Robin? Tortilla. Okay. You are right, you people. <laughs> it's, <laughs> the potato is a chip or otherwise is half what tortilla chips are. Now we want true or false. If you put out a crudite platter of vegetables and some kind of dip, um, we're still at the Super Bowl. Or false, Chris? You're the lead. True or false? No one actually eats it. (laughs) True. (laughs) You're going with true. Yeah. True. No, no, you know, no, no, no. Because people use the dips are good. The dips are good. That's the thing. Yeah. I think people do eat. From that trip. I'm so sorry. Because really? it turns out that almost half the people, no one eats it. Okay. So I want to even take it to when I do these at the restaurant for parties. I actually want to get plastic crudite and just have it out there because you can't do anything when you bring it back in the kitchen. It goes to the dishwasher. It, no, okay. I mean, you can, yeah, the staff will pick at it, uh, but nobody eats it. Okay. <laughs> that, that's a comment on the dip, not the vegetables, uh, I think. Uh, so, right, because we're into the thing, the, the mm. dipping device, just yeah. to get to the sauce, right? That's true for so many things. Mm-hmm. All right, now I want to talk to you about pizza. How many people order pizza for the Super Bowl watching party? Is it 40% or 62%? Chris. I'll say 62%. I'm saying 40. 62% for oh pizza my. on Super Bowl. I cheated, oh though. Gosh. I know four people that own pizza restaurants, <laughs> and it is one of the highest takeout nights of the year. By oh, far. No it beats all. Actually, no, I'm going to change that. I think it is the highest takeout night of the year. Uh, but this is interesting, what uh-huh. I'm about to ask you next for a Super Bowl quiz. And we're going to get into, because mm-hmm. we're celebrating the potato on this edition of the Food Schmooze, we're going to get into what ways you can introduce potatoes into the Super Bowl party. But here's a question about the sub, which is popular on mm-hmm. Super Bowl Sundays, it turns sure. out. What percentage of people say that they eat at least a foot, a foot, 12 inches or more of a sub on Super Bowl Sunday. Alex? I would say majority of people are going to say they eat a foot. So what are my choices? There are no choices. You <laughs> I just would have say, to pick a percent. Um, 70%. Okay. I'm going with, with 60, a little more than half. Okay. Chris? I'm pointing to the sky. Oh, 80%, 80%. 80%. 80 okay. or 90%. Really? Yeah. 30%. Oh, wow. Oh, because people are wrong with that one. See, they're having a lot of other stuff. Yeah, and, at pizza, this and pizza's probably And big. my final mm. question for our Super Bowl quiz, thank you, Food Network Magazine, for providing these statistics so Love we could turn magazine. this into a quiz. 
Here we have, oh no, two questions. Here we have the seven layer dip, which is so traditional for mm. Super Bowl and many other I've parties. I've even made it. I love all seven layers. Yep. So <laughs> Those layers it's like are Dante's. olives, lettuce, totally. salsa, refried greens, mm-hmm, grated mm-hmm. cheese, sour cream, guacamole. Go to the hospital and lie down. Okay. <laughs> Favorite layer, seven layer dip. Which of the layers is the favorite of most people, of all seven layers? Uh, And whose is Chris? No, it's Robin. 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 I'm I'm going to say the sour cream. Okay. I I like a lot of that on my chip. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else weighing in here quickly? You're saying guacamole? I'm going to go with the guacamole. Okay. Uh, Robin, I'm sorry. You do not get the Cadillac. (laughs) It is guacamole. No kidding. But by a huge margin. 53% of people. I I, I love guacamole, but I don't want it, um, you know, touching the beef and the cheese and the the other layers. I like it plain. But I will give you this, Robin. The next most popular after guacamole is sour cream, although only 13% against 53%. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) But it's, in other words, it's the second favorite dip. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's Robin, that's you I'm and I are eating it. the crudite. I know. Yeah, you're the only <laughs> ones. The <laughs> you're the only ones eating We have standards. Yeah. But, you know, this is bad media because <laughs> – bad, bad, you media because we are – you know, you can't not get a, a layer because when your, <laughs> your chip goes in up to your – Wrist, you know, yeah. if you're it, doing it, it right. Oh, I have friends that are, are that could dissect it down to the mm. guacamole and spread it out nicely and neatly and dig right in there. Mm. Really? Yeah, some people okay. are very picky eaters. Okay. I have friends that are picky eaters that could get if they wanted the guacamole, they could get to it just to the excavating. Guacamole. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. archaeologist style, you know, okay. little brush, brush. Little, yeah. <laughs> lines, and, right. and we know Seinfeldian rules, no double dip. No double okay. dip. Right. Here we go. What percentage of people say the food is more important than the game itself? (laughs) Well, 100% of the people in this room. (laughs) Okay. Is it 50% or is it 75%? 50. 75. I think 75. That's my guess. Here is the number of people who say that the food is more important than the game. 75%. (laughs) Those are our people. Those are our people. We're talking to you, my friend. Okay. Very, very good. Although, if it's a close game at the Super Bowl, I am so excited to watch it. I don't need that kind of stress. (laughs) And that's why there are other things to enjoy at the party. Okay. We are celebrating on the show the potato, and we're going to get to that in just a little bit. We have all kinds for you. We have the book, which is Smashed, Mashed, Boiled, and Baked, and Fried too by mm-hmm. Raghavan Iyer. And so we can't wait to get to him and talk with him about this. But we like to do our cruise through great publications because we get to celebrate colleagues doing great work. And we go through podcasts and television and radio and every kind of food magazine and newspaper. And we start collecting things. So we're going to start with Cook's Illustrated. Right, Chris? Oh, yeah. Okay. This is great because they did a test, big panel, multiple tries of which canned tomatoes are best in the supermarket. It's a great idea. Okay, Chris, what have you got? All right. They had 21 testers and they did everything. They even broke it down chemically. And so it was a really intense 
right? Salt content. Everything. And they didn't go by the back of the label like I thought. Flavor that leaches yeah. from the inside of the can. They did chemical testing to they find out all this. everything. Wow. Yeah, it's like forensics. Cool. Yeah, it is. Okay, so you ready? So the ones that were the top ones, uh, SMT crushed tomatoes, which I like. I've seen that in, the, in a couple of supermarkets that I go. That's the white yeah. can yeah, that with has the, with a, the plum tomato on it. An illustration right. in yeah. red mm-hmm. of the plum tomato. Yeah. But and, anyway. And then Red Pack, which is one you see everywhere. Um, Pastine, which I've seen everywhere, Cento, and Contadina, which, again, is uh, something you see everywhere as well, right? Okay. So give us the top, the number one. The number one was SMT, the one with that little illustration of the tomato on it. And that's and, the San Marzano, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a great tomato. And then uh, mm-hmm. the number two, which was the least expensive out of all of them, with both Faith and I said that was really showing something, and that's the Red Pack. And you know what? Hmm. When I go through the supermarket, that's usually the one I get because I know it. Uh-huh. Hmm. And I, all the other ones I kind of know, but I'm not, I don't use. But that one I always know is consistent. You know, I used to go from your Glen, but according right. to the mm-hmm. recent panel uh, from Cooks Illustrated, they're not as happy with yeah. your Glen as they mm-hmm. used to be. So um, That shows you something because that's probably the most expensive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So very good. Red Pack is the most affordable and best loved. Yeah, and SMT Crushed Tomatoes. Is S- the- M.T. San Marzano yep. tomatoes. Yep. From Those are the special tomatoes from mm-hmm. Italy. Some cans of tomatoes say San Marzano style. Yep, and those That does not no, no, mean no. they're San Marzano. It has to say San Marzano tomatoes, not style. Yep. Style is a bad word in canned tomatoes. Mm-hmm. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in the cheapest again, too, with Red Pack being $0.05 cents per ounce versus $0.13 cents per ounce mm-hmm. on the San SMT or San Marzano. Yeah. Right? That's huge. Red Pack. Okay, to be number good. two, I'm going with number two. Okay, that's very, very good. All right, Alex... What do you have? What's your tip or recipe idea? Looks like Cook's Illustrated did a weeknight bolognese, like a quick version of their long, you know, one that takes all day. And they're talking about which pastas to pair with a classic bolognese. And they say that tagliatelle is the classic pasta you'd use. A substitute would be pappadelle. But they say do not substitute like a Dutch-style egg noodle because they say it's too smooth and the bolognese just slips right off. Like Mm. you need the rough hone sort of edges that like a classic egg Italian pasta. So you Um, want tagliatelle or pappardelle. Okay, that's really interesting because I in the past have gone toward the egg noodles because they're higher in protein than the other ones. They still say to use an egg noodle, but use an Italian egg noodle. Ah, and they because say, of the dye, mm-hmm. the dye cutting. So as it comes out of the machine, it has that rough hone sort of edge to it. Ah, and they recommend Decheco as their first brand. Wow. And Bio Nature or Bionature. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bio, we'll, we'll say. If bio I pretend nature to speak Italian. People. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to say oh, bio nature. Just like, okay. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I think Dechecco's terrific. Mm-hmm. And do you know that Lydia Bastianich told me that most people in Italy do not make their own pasta? They buy yeah. Dechecco mm-hmm. in the supermarket in Italy. Yeah. So that's yeah. a very interesting fact. Okay. That shows you something, right? All right. We now. have more food cruise news for you here on the Food Schmooze. <laughs> Since we've gone hip-hop for you. All right. (laughs) We're going to be taking a break in just a minute, but we've got some things coming up, some tips that you'll be interested in from some other 
sites and venues, and they're really a lot of fun. And then we're celebrating the potato. We have recipes that are going to drive you wild, including sweet potato pound cake. So stay with us for that. These sliced Hasselback potatoes that are irresistible. And Barbara Kafka's incredible melting (sighs) potatoes. I cannot keep on my table. More mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you'll make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. Lots of people out there who are hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. You're listening to a rebroadcast of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. This show was originally recorded on January 19th, 2017. Beans and cornbread, beans and cornbread, beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread had a fight, beans knocked cornbread out of sight. Cornbread said, now that's all right, meet me on the corner tomorrow night. Hey, we have a free podcast of this show, meaning we will send the show to you automatically. Just sign up once and we send it to you. You can listen on your schedule anytime you want. That's how we even do it. After sitting in on the show, we think, oh, that was such a fun time. Then we have the podcast delivered to us on our smart devices and we listen whenever we want or we pass it on to friends. So go to foodschmooze.com. Dot O-R-G. Schmooze spelled like school. S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. I'm with my treasured food buddies, as you probably know. Chris Brasberry, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. Wine broker Alex Province of Hartford. And our senior producer, Robin Doyon Aiken. All right, here we go. Robin and Alex and Chris. If you're having a Super Bowl party... How can we involve the potato? We're celebrating the potato on the show. I'm thinking red potatoes I love. Just a low simmer until they're done. Scoop out a little. In goes sour cream and either Mm. the orange roe eggs or a little caviar in there. Fancy potatoes. One bite at a time. (laughs) Fancy potatoes. Maybe some sprinkled chives on the top of that. How about you folks? What could you do with potatoes? Do you have to make it or can you buy it? You can buy it. You you can do do anything you want. Your favorite Torres uh, truffle potato chips? Wouldn't this be a time to celebrate? Sold a bag of potato chips. God, black potato chips. Alex wins. We're going to spend money on potato chips. The Super Bowl is the time to do it. You can get them online. You get the mail order. Plenty of time. Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S. They're unbelievable. Amazon, here I come. Best potato chip of my life, honestly. And everyone needs their own bag, I think. Robin, <laughs> Robin, what about you? Oh, potato bar, of course. You have to do a potato bar oh, that's at fun. your, oh, yeah, your Super Bowl that. party. Are you doing baked potatoes? Yes, baked potatoes fun. and then toppings galore, the sour cream, butter. So much fun chives, maybe fresh bacon. herbs. Of course, bacon. Yeah. Absolutely bacon. Ah. Bacon and potatoes. And that mm. brings us, that bacon brings us to Chris's Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. But we just favorite. ate this on the yep. show. It is staggeringly good. Oh All right. Crispy, skillet, 
loaded potatoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so good. This is so crazy and it's so easy. easy. So take a skillet, big skillet, and I throw in chopped raw bacon in there, and I get my okay. bacon cooking. On the side, I have potatoes boiling. I used Yukon Golds, but whatever potato you like. I'm not picky. Boil them until they're cooked all the way through. Drain them. And again, in your skillet, you got your bacon cooked, right? Then you take your potatoes once they've drained, and you just put them in the skillet. And with a big spoon, with the bacon, the fat and everything, with a big spoon, you just start smashing them. Or if you have a potato masher and you just start smashing them, and then I put my heat back on, right, because the bacon's been crisped. And then I just keep cooking them and smashing them and cooking them and smashing them. I'll add sea salt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching you. And as you're cooking them, you're scraping, Mm, scraping, scraping Uh up. And that all fills in there. And then I so it's you like keep, toasted. Yeah, so you get them mashed up. You get them toasted. The bacon fat sort of gets absorbed into it. If it's too tight, you can add a little extra virgin oh. olive oil. And then I finish it off with cheddar cheese and chives, and that's it. It's oh. so good, right? Oh, yeah, and, and just a little salt and pepper. Done. So boil your potatoes, and you can have those done ahead of time. And then sear off some bacon. Throw the potatoes in. Mash them with salt, and just keep. Cooking Keep them and scraping, scraping and them until they get nice and brown. They're very and creamy, smashed, and yeah. a little little chunky, but yeah. most creamy and, and you, chunky. And, and, and see, and that's the thing: you can take it to wherever you want. You can leave them chunky, you know, in big pieces, or you can keep going and mash and mash and mash until they're totally smooth. Yeah. This is on our website. Big bowl of it. Thank you, Chris. Is and there... it is so delicious as a potato yeah. and simple foodschmooze.org and we also have we love to bring back Barbara Kafka's melting potatoes mm-hmm. so I cannot keep these on favorite. a ladder <laughs> at my house I make them and then I start grabbing at them and then they come on the table and honestly in minutes people are looking across and boldly asking are there any more potatoes they disappear <laughs> because they're like risotto of potatoes mm, they they drink up, up the, the chicken yeah. stock oh, and the flavor. butter yeah. and then the, you just Salt. keep tossing them Watch in the oven and we have a yeah. video making this all of us on mm-hmm. Facebook, Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, and look for videos. You just yeah, look for videos. It's like the second one video on there. Or yeah. yeah, it's, it's right there. It's in yeah. among all yeah. of our videos up there. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the, those potatoes are incredible. Yeah, those out of every, even my the smashed ones that we just did. That's by far my favorite potato. Don't you have to make double batch? Oh, you half make, of yeah, them because get you eaten. just you eat them. You yeah, you make a double batch because you eat them as you're making them. <laughs> <laughs> it's evil. Disappearing potatoes. All right, all right. Uh, all right here <laughs> we go. Cooks, we're going. We're doing our food news and cruise mm-hmm. here on the show. We've got everything. We've got Robin's got one. Alex has got one. Chris has still got one. Chris, take me to the slow cooker. Oh, my God. This Cook's one is perfect for me. They did their best slow cooker, and they, I love they it. They tested them, right? Tested oh, all them, kinds. Tested them different ways with different dishes, checked the heat, all kinds of things. What's the number one? Yeah, the number one, and uh, I don't have the number one, but I have the number two oh. and the number four. <laughs> but anyway, the number one is KitchenAid. It's a six-quart slow cooker, with a, and it's heavy. It's got a solid glass lid, which helps. It makes it really sturdy, and it keeps all the juices in, so that yeah. helps. And let me and give you the number two, which is the one I have, is the Cuisinart six-quart. It's a three-in-one. Oh, 
And that's one of my favorite ones to use at home because right. you can take it out of the slow cooker, the insert, yeah. and put it on the stove and yeah. sear things in it yeah, and then put it back amazing. and then it keeps warm and stuff. So but, those but are the two so big that, ones. So that Cuisinart 3-in-1 is their number two pick, yep. which is – these are considered highly mm-hmm. recommended. Their yep. top pick, again, is the KitchenAid, KitchenAid slow cooker. Yep. Here's why. They said they want a slow cooker mm-hmm. that is smart enough where you're looking at the controls and you yep. know what you're doing because it's easy to understand – they want a machine that senses when to turn higher and when to turn lower yeah. all by itself. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. KitchenAid, they said, does, it the best. does that. And, and all four of them have those features, but the KitchenAid does it better than any of the other ones. Yes. Yep. And so that is fantastic. Um, Which one looks the best? So, um, <laughs> Alex, which one looks? I think the Cuisinart looks the best, but the KitchenAid's pretty That's nice the one too. I have, yeah. Okay, so the KitchenAid they like for the even simmer. Which yeah. Is oh, yeah. Great. It, 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 believe me, this will be number drum roll, please twenty seven. Hmm. Crock pot because I want the kitchen. You have the I don't 27 have I have now? 26 now. No, that will be 27. Is it part oh. of your 401k retirement? Yeah, I'm going to – yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully <laughs> – yeah, hopefully they'll become collector's items I and I'll have an, a museum. I give an idea. I'll have a museum A museum mm-hmm. of the slow yeah. cooker. But I use them Wouldn't all. Wouldn't you like to be driving down a road and see that sign the on billboards? a house? <laughs> on a house, yes. Uh, crock pot go museum. To, go to the – I think you should call it the slow cooker, though, okay, even yep, though so Crock Pot makes them all. The, yeah. yeah, slow cooker museum. How yeah. incredible with yeah. recipes that you can get yeah. there and maybe some yeah. food. Some of my, you got to stay do, for hours, listen, though. I, I have three. It's slow. I have, th- I have three of them that are old from like the 70s, and I, I got to start thinking. I should start scouring and looking <laughs> online for really old ones because yeah. they go back to the I 50s, know. don't they? I have to say that so often I find things in Cook's Illustrated. So – here is one that I think is terrific. When you pre-bake a pie shell, they're always telling you to put, you know, Beans foil or something. or something to protect the pre-baked pie crust from burning when you're baking the filling. Oh. And so you're wrapping it with foil and it Well, here's somebody writing in to say, "My method is to cut out the center of a disposable aluminum foil pie plate." She cuts out the center, which leaves only that ring. Wow. And then. So smart. Is that yeah. the smartest? Oh, that's clever. Because they actually Genius. sell things you can buy, but this, oh, is, sure. no, this, this is almost yeah. free. And you have it. You have yeah. it because you, you got it. the pie yeah. shell, you have usually. One left over. And you, so she just cuts out that circle with a pair of scissors, flips it upside down, and it covers the pie shell that's already that's pre baked, and you don't want that to burn. So, okay, we all like that. Have we still got uh, Cook's Illustrated before I quickly go to uh, yeah, Robin? What do you one. have? So, bakers know this. The first step when you bake a cake is always to prep your pan. When you have a bunt pan, you have a little bit of extra thinking to do because you have crevices in there and you you really have to prep this pan correctly. So Cook's Illustrated has a favorite bunt pan, and I'm going to tell you what makes this pan so special. It is called the Nordic Ware Anniversary Bunt Pan. Mm. And here's the thing. It has handles so you're going to be able to lift the pan off of your cake without ruining your beautiful peaks and the beautiful shapes of your cake. Really smart. And that's mm-hmm. anodized in gold or something, isn't it? <laughs> and they, I think. And then they, I saw it. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> this particular Nordic pan, I saw pictures of the cakes that were coming out of it because I have a bun pan and I love it. it. This one is really heavy enough, right, Robin? Mm-hmm. And also it has it makes that crispiness yeah. all over. It's like yeah. having an entirely crispy tray of brownies, right? <laughs> I mean, that's really what it like does. Golden. 
So Nordic Wear Special Edition Bunt Pan, their Anniversary favorite. Bunt Pan Anniversary. is their favorite. you got to get very, that just for good. that reason. Yeah. Alex Province, what do you have from okay, Cook's so Illustrated? Cook, so they do a citrus, zester, and channel knife review. And and Ooh. so anyone who makes like icy cold martinis, yeah. you know, the, Bartender kit. the channel knife is the one that cuts the thick ribbon. And then the zester is of the peel. Little, of peel, of the rind of a lemon or, you know, other citrus. And the zester is like the little threads. And so they review, you know, a handful of them from $6 to $18. And their favorite is one that costs eight ninety nine. It's the Miser Meister Pro Touch Combination Zester. The German one. The German Miser Oracle. Meister. Very cool. Okay. Excellent. That's good to know. I wanted to now uh, switch over to Food Network magazine. Uh, they, them. too, have been yeah, doing great things. But I want to do it right now because Chris, you know, talking about the slow cookers, mm-hmm. they asked one of their contributors, um, Sonny Anderson, somebody wrote in to say, do you have any suggestions for making an easy caramel sauce? Well, you oh. know what's going <laughs> to happen here. Okay. I love Faith Sway. Uh, yeah, so I do, you know, I do the old Boy Scout trick of putting the condensed milk in a simmering pan without opening it. The whole can goes in submerged, and you cook it in there for a period of time. And, and then when you open it, as it's cooled down, you take the lid off. It is now caramel. The wow. condensed milk is turned to caramel. Love the it. sugars have intensified. Here's what Sonny Anderson said. She says, I do the same thing. I put cans of sweetened condensed milk in my slow cooker. Genius. Then she doesn't have to watch it. Yes. She covers the cans with water, cooks them on low for the eight-hour setting, removes the cans with tongs because they're very hot, lets them cool to room temperature, and then opens them, and inside you have caramel sauce. You don't have to stir a thing. She's taken your way and made it foolproof. I love it. Because you have to watch it, right? Because the water, you don't want the the water to boil away, right? You you guys will serve this at the museum? Totally. (laughs) Signature dessert. Yeah, that's our signature dessert. (laughs) Yep, ice cream with caramel. Yeah, I know. Okay, go ahead. All right, I have one from uh, from Food Network magazine, and it's uh, quinoa corn chowder. And it's just a great recipe of a simple corn chowder. And it has all your regular ingredients, and it has the addition of quinoa. So it's a great recipe. So look so, it up online. And is it cream or milk? Cream, right? It's heavy cream, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of heavy yeah, cream, old bay some season, shrimp. bacon, shrimp. Yeah, yeah check it out. Corn chowder. And I just love or the addition of quinoa. make one up yourself. <laughs> I like yeah. the addition of quinoa. Yeah. All right, I've got another one. And this is a pretty cool one that I just recently discovered, and it's making pasta and a quick sauce. Now, have you ever bought mozzarella cheese and it comes in the brine or that liquid? Yeah, sure. Everyone throws that liquid away, including me. So I actually tasted that liquid. Have you ever tasted it? No. It's like salty, milky. Yeah, it's like milky, lightly salty, lightly salty. So I was like, you know what? Why couldn't I, in a pinch, so I cooked some pasta, I drained the pasta out, and in that same pot, I threw in a little bit of that liquid. I chopped up some mozzarella and some grape tomatoes, threw back my pasta, and I was like, oh, my God. This is a great pasta. Oh, my God. That's a fantastic okay. idea. And it works with feta cheese, too, <gasps> if you like yes. if you like strong. So yeah. this is the mild version. And if you get your feta wow. in brine, cheese it works. Cheese brine pasta. Yeah, it is pretty cool stuff. I've been using fresh mozzarella probably for 25 years. I've never tasted that liquid. I never have. Sometimes I dump it before I even get the cheese out, right? You open the container yeah. and you go right down the drain. 
So next time, taste I it. Am. And then make a pasta out of it. It's you can do the cool. same with like is the there caper liquid, too. Same thing. Caper liquid's a little stronger, but you could add little bits yeah. of that. So is don't salt in it? Salt. It's lightly salted. If you like it on the yeah, kicked no, up No, I'm version. just thinking if somebody's got to watch out for salt, don't. this is not a good idea. No, this right. is the one to use. Don't use the feta one because the feta one I found uh-huh. to be really salty. Oh, right? yeah, flavor. So that's a quick, I don't have sauce, I don't know what to eat, but I have cheese. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right? Okay, here's another one. You know when you have a bone-in cut? This goes with chicken. It can go with beef, whatever it is, a little Cornish hen. Yep. And I am hoping that my knives are sharp enough. So I, like, I buy a rotisserie duck, and then I'm plunging the knife into the center, and I'm trying to cut it in half. <laughs> well, here's somebody writing in to say that if you use the mallet... You know, where you take a piece of meat and put plastic wrap on it and pound the chicken breast or the cube steak or whatever it is. If you use that rubber mallet, you know, you put your knife right where you want it on, the say, the chicken breast with the bone in, and then you whack it with the mallet. Bang, bang, bang. It goes straight through the bone, right in half, scored it right through the center. Where do you get a rotisserie duck? Oh, I, I go oh to gosh. this... Adong in West Hartford. In the oh, Elmwood there, section yeah, a lot of places. You can shred it off the bone yeah. and oh, put God, it in yeah. A lot of Asian yeah. markets have mm-hmm. that. I just, I pull oh. the meat right mm-hmm. off the thing. I chop it up and I make a salad. Yeah. And I do a kind of Asian dressing where I'll put sesame oil and soy and lime juice and chopped up mint and rice wine vinegar, sometimes a little pinch of sugar, and I mix it all up. Yeah. And then I put the shredded duck meat on the Ooh. salad with chopped scallions, bang. Where have I been? The dressing. Oh, oh it's And in Adon, you can't miss it. The second you walk through the door, the door opens and you look to the left and they're hanging right there. Boy, are they good. Oh, I know. Mm. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. We're going to celebrate potatoes coming up next for an on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Schmooze Party every week. And to find all of our recommendations, go to foodschmooze.org. And the potato recipes coming up, they're all there. Stay with us. French fried potatoes and a ketchup. French fried potatoes and a ketchup. China Jane and all the gang's going to have themselves a ball eating. French fried potatoes and a ketchup. French fried potatoes and a ketchup. All the fellas and the chicks getting calories and kicks, eating French fried potatoes and a ketchup. You're listening to a rebroadcast of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. This show was originally recorded on January 19th, 2017. That's all a thing. And you say either. You say neither. And you say neither. Either. Either. I neither. Neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Oh, yes. You like potato. And you like potato. You like tomato. And you like tomato. Potato. Potato. Tomato. Tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. We thought that was a great way to start this segment because we are celebrating the potato, as you know, on the show. And we're excited because we have the author of a book called Smashed, Mashed, Boiled, and Baked. I am with my treasured food buddies, Chris Brusberry, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, and wine broker Alex Province of Hartford. 
And we talk now with the author of this cookbook, who is Raghavan Iyer, smashed, mashed, boiled and baked and fried, too. Welcome to the <laughs> Fuchmas party. Oh, thank you. It does sound like a great party to be part of. Yeah, I wish you were in the studio with us because we're having a ball, really, and have had such a good time trying potato recipes. So I wanted to start here because a lot of people, when you say potato, say it's wasted carbs and they're not good for you. And I read your little post here in the book about potato nutrition. It's not true, is it, Raghavan? It's not true at all. It's uh, one of the most underrated vegetables, I think, uh, in terms of nutrition. And uh, potato really is a very, very big source of complex carbohydrates. And that's really what the body breaks down and converts it to energy. So uh, it certainly is not wasted carbs at all. And in addition to that, you know, it is a very high source of vegetable protein, and it's got some really, really good amounts of vitamin C and potassium. Oftentimes we talk about the uh, protein-to-carb ratio is much higher in potato than it is in cereal. So I think uh, you are perfectly right at starting the day with a bowl of potatoes. I, I think that is so true. I, I exactly what I want to do. Never mind oatmeal. I would like a baked potato with things on it. And that's what we're going to get into. We have lots of ideas. Thanks to Raghavan. Chris, we've got posted your recipe for crispy, skillet. Uh, loaded skillet potatoes oh that are just good. unbelievable with bacon and Love such. Potatoes. Okay, I do too. We're going to, on another show, talk with Alex Province about a tortilla in Spanish. This would be a kind of quiche with potatoes in it that you mm. leave on the counter all day and just snack from it. That's mm. coming up on another oh. show. Robin, I know you have a long history with potato. You've got relatives yes. in... Yes, we have relatives in Idaho. So I have had the real Best potatoes deal. potatoes in the world. For sure. <laughs> Unless you live on Long Island where they oh, feel like they're mm. competing and they mm. make some great potatoes out there. <laughs> um, okay, Raghavan, let's go to your recipe. I'm going to resist for the moment your sweet potato pound cake recipe because we're going to get to that. Can we start with your potato leek pie? This is a wonderful, this is on our site, foodschmooze.org, along with uh, Chris's recipe. This is a great idea. I love leeks. I wanted to do something that was uh, a little beyond the concept of, you know, potato leek soup. Everybody thinks about that as a combination so I wanted to incorporate flavors that you would find in something like that and then turn it into uh, something a bit more upscale. And so I thought, you know, that uh, baked in a pie would be just amazing. And the pie crust is also homemade, very simple to do. And mm-hmm. it's one of those dishes that, you know, you can bring it from the, um, the oven to the table you know, directly. And it's so breathtaking and it's spectacular. And the flavors and the aromas are just beautiful. In your crust, you have several ounces of cream cheese chilled. What does that do for the dough? It actually provides an additional source of fat, but it also provides flavor, which, you know, I think the mouthfeel, it's that certain umami quality you look for. It drapes your palate. And so mm. the cream cheese makes it much more richer tasting. Mm. And I think that's the uh, the surprise element in there. So, you know, very simple technique of making the pie crust. And uh, that's something that can be done ahead of time. Let's go for your filling because I'm going to save what potatoes you're using for a moment and let you tell us about that. But you've got leeks, 
and mm-hmm. butter and fresh thyme, mm-hmm. and then a shredded cheese that you might like, including Gruyere, which is the one I'd probably go for, but you give many choices. Mm-hmm. And then a sauce, a creamy jalapeno sauce. So mm-hmm. it's a little simple recipe that follows. What potatoes did you decide to use for this pie and why? I used um, the red potatoes. Uh, you could actually interchangeably use any fingerling varieties as well. Uh, but I used the red potatoes because they are uh, much lower in starch and higher in moisture. Because of that, they lend itself very well to sort of holding their shape when you're done with it. And uh, it's much more cohesive. And they look gorgeous. And oftentimes you can also find um, some potato varieties that are also red fleshed in addition to the skin being red. And mm-hmm. so... You do a combination of that, and you combine that with the leeks and the um, thyme. I think uh, the flavors are really quite powerful. The leeks come alive. But again, you know, uh-huh. it is to me all about the showcasing the potato, and the right kind of potato makes this dish what it is. There's a lot of controversy about, as you all know on the show, who makes the best kind of French fries? Are they skinny? Are they fat? Is, is there it, such a thing what as are a they bad one? So we went to um, Raghavan Iyer's recipe for ultimate French fries. I'm going to try these two. Yeah. Now here's what. It's got a little trick, right? Tell us why. Yeah. Tell us about your trick and why you think these are the ultimate. And let me precede this by saying when I'm in a restaurant and I was in one the other day, Carson's on the Green in Guilford, Connecticut, they have truffle fries with Parmigiano-Reggiano and fresh parsley sprinkled on there and various dipping sauces. They gave me extra truffle oil in a little bowl of extra cheese, so I had a whole f- <laughs> meal, <laughs> a whole dipping you know, thing. But Okay, so tell me what it is that you're doing with your French fries. The ultimate French fries really begins, I think, with the ultimate potato for this. There's nothing better than uh, what I call the workhorse among potatoes, which is the russet uh, Burbank potatoes. Uh, you're what people think about, you know, your garden variety potato. But they are high in starch and low in moisture, so they lend themselves beautifully well for frying. So when they're peel, uh, you can leave the skin on, by the way, or, or skin off. It's a personal choice. Uh, and then you cut them uh, a certain thickness I talk about in the book. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a double frying method that is really crucial. The uh, initial fry is done at about 325 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and you barely cook the potato. You want to make sure that it's not brown. And as soon as it's barely cooked, you take it out. And while it's still drying on the rack, I actually uh, dust it with a little bit of cornstarch. Mm. This is the trick that I want to try. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what gives it that little um, crispness that actually maintains that crispness as the potato sits when it comes out of the fryer. You know, that's so smart because it, some mm. people might use a flour, but this ends up being gluten free. It is. And, uh, you know, you don't need a lot of it. And so as soon as you sprinkle it with the cornstarch, I actually uh, turn all of those potatoes to the freezer. Uh, that way, you know, it chills and then um, you can, can keep it there for uh, even months until you're ready to refry oh, them. That's clever. Yeah, I like to have them in the freezer just in case. <laughs> no, that is a very safe thing to do should there be something awful that goes on in the world. Yeah, and you need to get that pot you of oil need hot to run. quickly. I'm not and, running yeah. for the exit. I'm running for the potatoes if something bad happens. <laughs> we are talking with Raghavan Iyer. 
We have information posted about his cookbook and some of his recipes. We thank him for that. Smashed, Mashed, Boiled, and Baked. That's the name of his book. 75 recipes for potatoes, including dessert potatoes. We're going to get to those. And fried, too, as you just heard. Before we get to your pound cake... Hasselback potatoes. It's like the rage now, right? Cardamom butter. I see this Indian flavor coming. Mm. Hasselback potatoes with cardamom butter. Have you ever seen a potato that is sliced, 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 sliced? Not all the way through. Served not all the way through, and so it stays like a fan. And delicious things put in between each slice. It is an amazing. It's a Swedish technique. It's a baked French fry. It or gives baked a potato. Did your parents make that growing up? No, I found it recently, and ever since I made it once, I make it all the time now. It's so good. Okay, oh. so listen to this with the cardamom butter, Raghavan. <laughs> it is a, a, a Swedish concoction, and I think to pay homage to the Swedes, and I live in a part of the country where we have a large population of uh, Norwegians and Swedes, and um, cardamom is something that is utilized in um uh, baking. So when you think about the Christmas cookies and the cakes that the Swedish community do, they incorporate cardamom in it, which is a very aromatic um, mm. perfume spice that comes from India, which is, by the way, a, a member of the ginger family. And the beauty about cardamom mm. is that you don't need to clutter that dish with anything else. And so I've got uh, just a little bit of garlic, and you throw in a couple of baileys in there oh. uh, as an option. Uh, right. And so the butter. That's great. Basically, you baste that as it's baking in the oven, and it's that um, you know mm. cutting the potato, but not all the way through, and so it fans out like an like an accordion. And uh, this is one of those I think that sings with flavors because you know how the flavors go right between the slices, and it's crispy <laughs> on the edges, and it's tender on the inside, and so. I don't know, but I'm making myself hungry. (laughs) It's perfect like finger food, too. And also, I would say, can you imagine you're having some people over or just for yourselves on a weekend? If you're doing something simple for the main course, what a lovely side dish to serve with roast chicken or roast pork. Throw a roast into the oven of whatever kind. It might be fish that you're doing, anything. But your effort goes into making the sliced potato. And how easy is this to slice it and then put this cardamom butter or a flavored butter that you might prefer with a different spice, whatever it is. I mean, here's a beautiful recipe. So that's on our website, foodschmooze.org. Raghavan, we are so, Robin and I were talking about this. We're so excited about this recipe that we also have on the site. Thank you. Chocolate sweet potato pound cake. (laughs) Wow. uh, The beauty about this, as you all know, sweet potato has nothing to do with potatoes, but it's a totally different plant. But my editor and I thought that it would be nice to have, you know, a handful of sweet potato recipes in the book as well, which, of course, a lot of them lend themselves well to desserts. And so, you know, to me, I cannot think about a better combination of dark chocolate and sweet potatoes. And, oh, you know, the sweet I've potato brings in that moist quality. And I, of course, in my signature style, I punctuate that with... Um, a few aromatic spices in there, mm. uh, like cinnamon and nutmeg and uh, cloves. And the black pepper, actually, mm. uh, is a surprising element because, as you know, you know, working with food and flavors, 
the pepper, the source of heat, actually accentuates the sweetness of everything else. And the sweet potatoes get much sweeter, and the chocolate aroma comes through beautifully. And it's one of those no-fail recipes that you pour the batter into a bun pan. And I, I always think in a, a bun pan, whoever invented the bun pan, their feet should be kissed because it's such a... <laughs> it is pretty genius. Uh, it's the best. <laughs> genius. I know. We it's love so it, too. beautiful. And it comes out of the oven, and, you know, you can barely contain yourself. And even if you just dust it with a little bit of powdered sugar... If you want to splurge, you know, once it comes out of the oven, poke some holes in that uh, pound Ooh. cake and then pour a grand marnier or... That's you know, a great idea. idea. I like him. <laughs> I love him. We love you. <laughs> that is, it sounds so phenomenal. I might even squeak a little ice cream on top of there. There you go. Oh, that is so good. Or even sprinkle coconut. You know, you could yeah. put nuts on this. You could treat it like the Thanksgiving sweet potato casserole. Same Ooh, kind of treatment. Except, yeah. <laughs> oh, really smart idea. Ooh. Smart idea. So idea good. pairing chocolate and pepper and these other spices with sweet potatoes. So, so smart, Raghavan. Uh, quickly, last question before we sadly end our time together. Do potatoes work the way that apples do, where there are heritage types of potato that have been lost through time? Yes, yes very much so. You know, this is, there's a reason why this is the fourth largest crop in the world and um, originating in... Um, South America, right there alone, there's about almost 4,000 varieties of potatoes. Uh, worldwide, there's over 5,000. So there are some potatoes now that are actually, um, you know, being bred to do well with mass production in um, pretty much even climates all over the world. Certain varieties, of course, you won't find outside of South America because of the soil conditions there and all of that works beautifully well. But now you're starting to see people desirous of old varieties of potatoes that were um, mm-hmm. that considered heritage potatoes, but they also looked so beautiful, and the colors and the flavors come through. And so, I had an opportunity when I was in Canada to interview one of the lead uh, research scientists at the Canadian Potato Research Center in yeah. um, Fredericton. And in the book, I call her the Potato Whisperer. And you know, just for her to explain the process, how a new varietal comes into place or how an old varietal is crossbred now to withstand uh, really good growing conditions. And so I think you're starting to see that. And, you know, of course, my ultimate dream will be to do another book on potatoes. <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you do. A trilogy. I, it would be. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> the, the, the world according to the potato. This is what I see for you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for giving us all the recipes we've talked about for our website. Raghavan, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. His book is called Smashed, Mashed, Boiled, and Baked, and Fried Too. Raghavan Iyer, I-Y-E-R, at our site, foodschmooze.org. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3, and you know, never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton.